one in existence. So most likely what will happen is it will choose to create, like you just said, because it'll be so alienated, it'll choose to create other AIs like it. Which then leads me right back to simulation theory because that's exactly what, like in a lot of the... Uh, certain takes on like mythological views of like Hinduism and other things like that. That's kind of what's going on is the universe created us to just play, to have experience. We're all playing a game. Right. So that's kind of fucked up. So maybe we're just in an AI. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, this game fucking sucks, man. (laughs) And, and, And we're just also AI that it created. Shit. I think on that note, we need to go live. I don't want to ponder <laughs> that anymore. <laughs> no more nuts today. You've seen Star Galactica, right? <laughs> oh, I have. I have. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, and it just continues. It on just, oh, Jesus. And God. on. Yep. Man. Cycle. I got to get more high for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to the high kind. It's me, Huntley. I'm with uh, Andy and David. We're talking. Hello. <laughs> going deep <laughs> we're going deep we're going deep and it, it's not pretty existential it's not going, like, <laughs> beyond inception level deep it's just yeah, like inception it, yeah. cubed it's not pretty shit so uh we're going to i'm not gonna ask how everybody is because i'm i'm already down <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> anytime <laughs> Anytime you need help. a doubter, just just reach I'm out. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Just reach out to Andy. Just to fucking just like you, you it like if you're ever feeling just too full of yourself, we're we're just gonna yeah. release bonus material of Andy <laughs> just saying just shit that, that's gonna blow your mind and just drag you down to the oh, depths. No, no, man. I could do that. I could Oh, I know you that. can. Oh, God. <laughs> I could make you feel small. Some of the shit I look into is like, especially with divination, some of the rabbit holes I go down are really like really, really big scale uh, stuff that I I can barely even comprehend and an inkling of really, but it's still fun to just think about. Um, But yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Just make you feel insane. (laughs) That's going to be our bonus material. One day it's just like Andy just going off. But your weekly anyway, e- ego check. You know? Yeah, your weekly ego check. But anyways, uh, David is going to tell us about the history of witchcraft tonight. Indeed. Uh, and, I mean, speaking of depressing, like, we're in the, you know, it's going to get, uh, it's going to go down that road, too. So you're saying, <laughs> this, this, gonna be to, a I, this is going to be another a, ball. yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, definitely another. Although at towards the end, uh, when we get to Wicca, um, it definitely is a lot more fun. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, it's uh, <coughs> yeah. Wicca's like a little bit fucking goofy, and it's awesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's um, yeah. I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Uh, pretty much the very beginning. Going back to like ancient civilizations, you know, back before we had science and a better understanding of the world, uh, magic was kind of like the go to answer uh, for things. And magic, like loosely defined, like with animism and all the various pantheons and religions and whatever. Um, 
and reading i guess reading you know history books back then like it's it's difficult to tell the difference between what we would now consider magic and what is religion um and going back anywhere from like 5000 bc or previous up until i don't know basically like the 1500s is like this little section i'm talking about past like 5000 bc um they worshipped a lot of female de- deities um, and were matriarchal uh, mm-hmm. in their society. And women have always been kind of the primary practitioners of magic. Um, they're like the witches. Not that men couldn't practice, but women were like the primary people you would go to for like wisdom or healing or advice. Or That means we're in touch uh, with our feminine side. <laughs> yes, right. we are. Especially Hanley. <laughs> Especially Hanley. Especially. Well, especially May, just because of how I'm surrounded by women all the time. Yes. I mean, there's that. <laughs> it has an eff- think, it's got to have an effect, right? Actually, like, we all are, kind of. It's true. Extent. I am yeah. now, too. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you're in the same yeah, goddamn boat I am. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Continue. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's now safe to say that... Down. It all goes down. Yeah, ride the high, ride the high note while it lasts. They all float down here. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Don't let go, Jack. Oh God! Um, Combining Titanic and it—that's a scary concept. I kind of want to watch that now, though. It'd be kind of cool. We should make that a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Titanic. It. Or something like that. Titan, what? Titanic. 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 Oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, so... Anyways. Uh, anyways, continuing with uh, ancient history. So, it was about four to 5,000 BC when the Indo-Europeans came over, uh, expanded westward into Europe. <clears throat> and... Mm-hmm. With those guys, that, those guys, and those Everywhere. guys brought a shift of kind of cultural priorities. Um, there's like various amounts of archaeological evidence to kind of back this up, but so the the native European, I don't know what you would call them, but they were more like matriarchal, more passive in society. Like even the, like the sun was like seen as a feminine thing. Uh, the, like mm-hmm. the feminine energy that sustains everything. And then the Indo-Europeans came in and they were more worshippers of like war and like sky gods and like masculinity, like aggression. So they came in and basically slowly changed culture in that direction. So it was a little bit easier for them to uh, more or less like subdue the pre-existing cultures uh, slowly over time as they integrated societies um, just because of their focus on aggression. So female deities were either like pushed aside or confined to like certain areas or practices or domains. Um, and I think like one of the better examples of this is like ancient Greece where magic and witchcraft was still definitely a thing and women were still the primary practitioners of it they were the soothsayers and the diviners and oracles Mm -hmm. and whatnot but with kind of the stipulation like you can practice magic and medicine like like pre-science kind of medicine and healing uh you can do all this stuff but 
you know, as long as you don't own land and property, you can't vote and you can't, you know. You're still under a priest. <clears throat> yeah, and like still under a priest, still, <clears throat> yeah. you know, need to like be a homebody and everything. Um, so, you know, over time, the notion of the the feminine and magic um, became associated with like the dark side of femininity. And that's just kind of where we're, we've been progressing for a long time. Um, and um, I mean, that's pretty much it for like ancient history, but I guess like just that, like magic in general, you, it requires you to be like open and like sensitive towards the world and its ebbs and flows. And that is something that we have definitely suppressed just in general. This yeah. sensitivity to doesn't have to be magic, but just being feeling. Into, yeah, feeling. Emotion. Feeling instead of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Facts yeah. over feels, bro. Yeah, but there is that that balance between the two that is really yeah, when your intuition and your logical mind are working in union, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, um, can I add one note about yeah. the, uh, the ancient history kind of thing, uh, as far as like just a symbolism thing, <clears throat> if you track, um, there's two symbols that show up a lot that symbolize both that, um, patriarch, uh, Indo-European kind of culture. And that's the double headed Eagle, uh, or just the Eagle in general. And then often it's double headed though. You see it again. Um, like the Nazis used it, the Romans used it, uh, United States used it. Um, the, the symbol that is more associated with feminine energy is often the snake, uh, usually in the form of like an Ouroboros, something like that. You see that more like with the Celtic, uh, traditions, um, that were more focused on feminine energy, most likely. Um, although, you know, obviously we don't know that much about the Druids, but interesting note, Mexico's flag today is an eagle eating a snake, right? So Hmm. like the, which... Was most likely influenced, I imagine, by the Spaniards. Uh, they probably used the eagle as their symbol. So you know, it's that same expansion into these cultures that were um, also using magic, like you said. They just did it in different ways, you know, and different, and especially cultures in South America and North America that were invaded by the eagle, right? The because mm-hmm. they. And a lot of cultures in, in in the Christian focus, the serp the serpent is evil, right? But in a lot of these other cultures that were invaded, um, they didn't view the snake that way. So the serpent or the snake was a symbol of wisdom, you know, which often has a, a very strong feminine association throughout history. So throw that in there real quick. <laughs> but yeah, oh, the, eagle, good, and, the eagle and the snake. Yeah, it's just something I've studied before that just shows up again and again and again. So, so before we move on to more depressing shit... Uh the witch hunts i yeah i just wanted to wrap up my thoughts on this so yeah being like sensitive to is kind of a necessity for magic and it's been a slow process throughout human history kind of disconnecting us with various things that ground us i'm not saying that like magic is like what we have to go to but just generally speaking we've been kind of disconnected from sources of i don't know energy uh stability grounding Gaia. And I'm not, mom. And I'm not trying to <laughs> mom pretty much. Uh, and I'm not trying yeah. to say like 
we need to like be anti-science or anti-progress or go back to some kind of like imagined like traditionalist utopia because i know there are people who are going to interpret it like that and that's not what i'm saying at all <laughs> um but yeah it's just it's just interesting to to see what we've uh, kind of moved away from as we need balance progress. yeah 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 so speaking of not balance is the witch hunts um hmm. and this is basically from the 15th century to about 1730 is about when they stopped as far as i'm able to find um so it's about like 300 years and an unknown amount of women were killed during this period um records just basically weren't kept um and whatever records do exist probably don't include situations like uh women being driven out of their homes and then dying later for other from other causes or just other societal changes that may have contributed to death rates um some estimates are somewhere between 60,000 and 100,000 but the i think the main it doesn't the main takeaway from the amount of people who died from this is to say enough women died for us to change how we should think about gender, society, and economics. Because this was the time during the transition from feudalism to capitalism. And there's a lot of stuff that goes in here. I'm not going to touch on all of it. I'm going to keep this mostly related to witchcraft. And, but I do have to touch on one uh, economic thing, and it is from uh, Big Daddy Karl Marx. Um, And he talked about this idea of primitive accumulation as this phase that society went through where there's been a bunch of consolidation of resources and land, um, often violent and through force, various means of force. And this was essential to the starting of capitalism. Um, So we're talking about stuff like slavery, colonialism and expansion, land seizures, all of these are kind of examples of primitive accumulation. And one thing that he didn't touch on, which uh, others have, is, as far as primitive accumulation goes, is women's bodies, um, especially with procreation. Um, And Marx kind of overlooked this aspect because, obviously, women keep our species going and um they in a capitalist sense the the they bring up the next generation of workers um and this was especially relevant because of the black death which killed about one third of europe's population mm-hmm. and at that time it kind of made those at the bottom of society who survived basically say hey uh we're like a little bit uh <laughs> less dispensable now pay we're us start demanding <laughs> shit yeah <fucking laughs> yeah Exactly. Pay us, give us shit. And uh, so, you know, there was that combined with like the big drop in labor power because the population died. Uh, and this was one of the big cracks so in familiar. feudalism. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know, right? And, uh, yeah, right. Modern parallels. Um, <laughs> but not everyone was on, sta- on board with, the, uh, with, with capitalism. 
this was like the newest idea of how to structure society that was being tossed around back then. And so there were a lot of anti-feudal and anti-capitalist movements, and the leaders of a lot of these movements were women. Um, and they didn't necessarily fail because of a lack of philosophical justification and sophistication. Uh, they were kind of like brutally oppressed and killed. <laughs> Hence, witch hunts. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that's also a factor. It's not the only reason, but witch hunts do play a role in this um, as well. And they, women at this time still held a lot of social power because this was still a little bit pre-science and magic was still a thing. People would still go to women for healing, medicinal purposes. They were midwives, all this stuff. Um. So this was further incentivization to keep demonizing witchcraft, um, especially within the context of oppressing women and keeping them in place, so to speak. Um, and I guess the thing about magic is it's like this, there are no set rules to it. It's kind of one definition is the refusal of work and action. It's kind of like the promise to get something from nothing. Like you put your intention out in the out in the universe, and you see what happens. Hopefully, it manifests into something. There's no real tangible explanation or anything, and this is an antithetical uh, view to both science. Science is very rigorous in this process, but also with how capitalism wanted to be structured where everything has been like quantized and it's all about like min maxing profit profit and productive capabilities. So this was another incentive to specifically focus on witchcraft. Yeah. So labor power was, I already, we already kind of touched on that. Uh, how do you replenish labor power? And it's through women, obviously. So and this isn't like a big grand conspiracy to for for like all men on the planet to usher in the age of capitalism and oppress women in the process. Like this is just like a change in values and priorities that kind of naturally led to this, where we basically very forcefully um, told you know showed women like, hey, this is what your role in society should be. Uh, we're going to take away you know, the last, one of the last vestiges of social power that you have, which is witchcraft and magic. And that's kind of, there's just the, uh, there's, there's, uh, the rest that I have is more like justifications for this. Like, um, you can kind of see it in the charges that women were charged for, for being a witch. Um, Mm -hmm. they, some of which include, where was it? Uh, they were charged with sacrificing children, having sex with the devil, uh, causing sexual impotence, and stealing penises. Uh, <laughs> and, sex, uh, sex, 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 sex. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and who came up with these? Hmm. I know, right? Mm. <laughs> hmm. Watch out for your penis, the detachable penis. And, um, you know, at the same time, midwifery and medicine were kind of shifted out of the realm of, of women's area of expertise and into men, uh, more men. Yeah. So this um, and sex work was also, you know, demonized and made a little bit more illegal. Um, a little bit more illegal. <laughs> a little bit more illegal. 
Just it's just general like just women's smidge. rights. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. It's like a teeny tiny bit. So just in general, women's rights were just shit on <laughs> during this period. So just that's a nice way to say it. Um and so that's kind of like the overall picture of how the history of witchcraft relates to the rise of capitalism and how we kind of got to where we are now. And we don't need, well, we should have never needed them, but we don't really do witch hunts anymore because the point has already been made, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, with, uh, as hopefully a society becomes more progressive, we don't go back to that as a reactionary measure uh yeah yeah, measure so yeah we're we're doing really well on that (laughs) yeah we're doing really well uh you know i'm trying to be optimistic but uh you know i can only do so much i I see hope i do do too i just i try to it's just like the goal is try to focus on that um yeah and actually a little bit from the um from uh, the Key of Solomon episode, where I mentioned two books that were written in 1583 and 1584 uh, on the tricks of demons, which was like the the false monarchy of the demons, like the demon hierarchy structure, and the discovery of witchcraft, um, both of which were written during this time uh, specifically to diminish the belief in demons and the supernatural and witchcraft and everything. So... It's just interesting how that kind of lines up. Why are we? Should I be doing this? No, no. <laughs> should I also be holding my bug ominously? <laughs> ominously. I was, it's like, why are you guys staring at me? This is getting a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that was the idea. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, moving on to Wicca, some more fun shit. Um, because humans are terrible so we've got this is around like the early 1900s um or between like 1910 and 1950 1960 is about when wicca really rose to prominence um and it was more or less founded by gerald gardner who was often called the father of wicca and he came from a family that was rich in timber trades or that got its wealth from timber trades and just general colonialism. And he also made his, uh, made money through this. And, and instead of like staying home, like a lot of aristocrats would do, um, he went out into the world to travel and he especially took an interest into like tribal ritual magics and just occultism in general. Um, and he retired in 1938 in High Cliff, which is southern, the southern part of England. And um, yeah, he, there's some wacky stuff with this guy. He was involved with a local group of Rosicrucians. Um, mm, I don't know which one, but um, yeah, the Rosicrucians are the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is one of the the big groups in that like branch of uh, I don't know esotericism. I get, I think is the word. They're kind of related. Yeah, there's some crossover. Yeah, uh, you know more about that than I do. I just read the yeah. Wikipedia page. Oh yeah, um, yeah. 
so in nineteen thirty eight he retired in Highcliffe. Um and shortly afterwards he was now this we we don't know exactly what happened because we're basically taking Gardner's word for everything. Um and also like one or two other of, of his like really close followers. Um but he was initiated into the the new forest coven uh in 1938 he also had contact with uh with a nearby freemason group um huh. as far as i'm able to tell i don't think he did too much with them but he had ties to them and sorry in 1939 is when he was initiated into the coven i want to get to i'm trying to like save the the weird shit for a second <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he claims he found he found a pre-Christian witchcraft-based religion, uh, and this theory, which is called the witch cult survival theory, is basically saying there like a, like ancient pagan traditions were passed through the the, the witch cult um, that was that survived supposedly survived the prosecution of the witch hunt era, um, hmm. but historical analysis kind of shows that this theory doesn't really hold up. Because Damn. the main champion of this idea was Margaret Murray, and um, she was very selective about her evidence. So, mm. um, how much of it is true or not, you know, it's it doesn't seem to hold up to historical um, analysis. Either way, this is what Gardner went with. Um, uh, Wiccans to this day kind of hold on to this theory as like a sort of origin story. Some do it literally, some do it fit, uh, figuratively as a way to kind of honor old pagan traditions, so to speak. Now, here's the fun part. Gardner was a nudist. Yeah, <laughs> <And>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was, um, apparently the area he moved to, Highcliff, was a notorious spot for just general nature-oriented people back then. And he had this backyard where he and his friends would hang out and just get naked. Uh, he also had a dark room built to develop photographs of his nudist colony in private. So he didn't have to be embarrassed by the local chemist who was developing his photographs. <laughs> wow. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, right that well, whatever. Dedication. That's cool. Now, I mean, honestly, hey, you, do you. you do you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're past the age. Like, where we can just literally download pictures of our cocks onto our computers, if I'm just being blunt. Yeah. And I've often wondered about the generation previous to us. Like, if they took naked pictures of themselves and they got them developed, did they feel shame? I don't think I'd feel shame. I'd just be like, yeah, that's my dick. What, what, what of it? I think a lot of them would, but... Yeah, maybe they would like slip a twenty under the table, be like, "Hey, don't tell anyone about this. Do it like after hours. I don't want anyone." Especially, what if it was like a small town too? Oh God, I still wouldn't care. <laughs> I still wouldn't care. I'd just be the like, "Yeah, biggest, that's my dick. What of it?" The biggest gossiper in town would probably be the person working at the photo developing center. I mean, if you were a gossiper, that would be like the primo area to go. Mm-hmm. But and luckily, though. Like, I know that there's still some photo developers. Like, I see them at Walgreens. Like, Walgreens is the only place I know where you can get, like, pictures developed now. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, how much business do you do? 
So I do have an excerpt from a 1939 newspaper section about this whole scenario. The instant success with the neighbors of the Elphinstone Elphinstone Road nudist colony uh, has been marked. Elphinstone. That is awesome. Oh, yeah, it's, it's it's PH, but yeah, Elphinstone is pretty. It's pretty fucking awesome name for the nudist colony, and they use a PH instead of an F. That's that's funny. Okay, yeah. Um, rooms with an uninterrupted view of the island and other items of uh, with an uninterrupted view of the island and other items of interest are, they tell me, at a premium. One old gentleman has rented the second floor and says his outlook on life has generally. Uh, this is worded very strangely says his outlook on life has changed entirely in the last few weeks he now has no use for his car no watching other people be naked uh Uh, these are people like across the street watching the nudists do their thing (laughs) okay the neighbor of a nudist colony Uh, right Uh, he says uh he he now has no use for his car or fishing tackle and wishes to exchange them for anything useful such as telescopes binoculars or a camera i knew (laughs) it that's that's that is like og fucking that's like before instagram and like social media and all that like stalking on that that's fucking mm-hmm. og fucking stuck i'm gonna get a telescope in the 1930s and just peep at this nudist colony all day yeah. oh it gets i'm gonna trade too. my tackle box for it I, I know right like of all things i guess not tack- the tackle box man it, no yourself. not that yeah you can't teach a man to fish he'll feed him for life like, i guess he doesn't want to eat anymore Wants to until he wants to see a to lot of dong, and he doesn't care about eating for life. He's just nope. like, let me see that ass. <laughs> Die happy. Uh, it goes on. Nearby householders oh, have taken furiously to gardening and hedge trimming, putting in hours with their heads and shoulders buried in the shrubs. Maracopa. Literal shrubs, literal (laughs) shrubs, or or different kind of shrubs. I wonder if Maracopa. Because I know know people back in the day, they weren't down with the shaving. That's kind of like, that's a recent um, recent development. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, I've, I've seen the skin mags from like the 80s and the 70s. There's books. It kind of. There's yeah, shrubs. it kind of. I think mm-hmm. it, it depends Head down on the in the shrubs, Andy. Well, I know Face in first. Uh, well, Face first. <laughs> uh, I don't remember exactly when, but I know like a lot of the uh, waxing and stuff originated in France, like way back, like yeah. But I'm thinking 1930s. Um, uh, yeah, I, like yeah, grooming's always existed. Yeah, but back in the 1930s. Yeah, the face. Face first in the shrubs and the dirt, man. All right, so nudist colony, creeper, mm-hmm. next door neighbor of telescope. Yeah, watching yeah, people, so, watching people head first in the shrubs. I guess that was the general vibe of the area. So take take that for what you will. Um, bunch, of, bunch of pervs. Bunch of pervs. Just a bunch Boyers. of weird pervs. <clears throat> now. Yeah, so, okay. 
So this is like 1939 when all this weird nudist colony stuff kind of kicked off. Uh, obviously, this is right when World War II was starting, and Gardner was a member of the local Home Guard during the war, but he didn't go out to uh, overseas. Um, Did he fight in the nude? He, I imagine, he did something in the nude. He performed a ritual. I think probably most in the people nude. just give up if the, if the opposite <laughs> opponent is up. in the nude. I know. Like, yeah, you want to dissuade a fighting yeah. situation? Some guys just rushing strip. you. Just like I know, I know white dudes. Like white dude, yeah, white dudes are just going to take off their shirt and pal. Have you ever thought about doing the opposite and take off your pants first? Yeah. I mean, Randy from Trailer Park Boys had it right this whole time. Exactly. 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 Just lose the pants and then you you win. Yeah. Nothing but boots and a rifle. Nothing but boots and a rifle. That's what I, that's what, like, that's my life goals right there. Berserker rage. Berserker rage (laughs) and with no pants. With no pants and a rifle. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyways. So, in 1940, um, he and his coven performed a ritual in New Forest. And this has some Aleister Crowley vibes to me, because it's kind of a fantastical thing. Although, I guess Crowley was much more imaginative with his with his crazy experience with the demon. But this is a little bit nuts, too. Um, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. But they claimed that this ritual kept the Nazis at bay. So mm-hmm. one night, him and his coven performed some kind of ritual, and they, from their description, they created a cone of power uh, that was directed towards the direction of Hitler and Germany. And apparently some who were sensitive enough to this kind of energy could actually see this cone of energy. And they kind of manifested it in that direction. Part of their chant included, you cannot cross the sea, you cannot come. And they, and of course the, you know, Germans never landed on British soil. Um, They did bomb. What was it? Covington is the town that they, the Nazis did bomb. But that was, it might have been, it might have been something else, but they bombed it because Churchill had, uh, they like cracked the German code, but they wanted to keep that a secret. And part of keeping that a secret was to let, was to basically sacrifice the town to a German air raid. That's mm. the only time, I, I don't know. I thought that was a really. That's kind of cool to think maybe if that worked, right? Like, and maybe. There's like this secret magical war going on behind the scenes of different like groups because this is all around the same yeah. time. Like all the you know this is like the this is such a huge boom of occult, you know, like an explosion of occult knowledge and practicing and all of that. You know, like whether it's Theosophical Society or Thule Society or Vril Society or Wicca or you know whatever <clears throat> Rosicrucians, all these other you know Freemasonry, like it's such a crazy time. I wonder how much like, well, maybe there were like fucking sorcerers in the German army too, which most likely there were like casting counter spells and shit. It's a really Mm -hmm. cool idea. They could have been, and they described it as like pouring their life force into this ritual, um, to make this cone of energy. And 
according to Gardner, several of them died uh, in the years shortly after that ritual. So I am not sure if that's of old age or if something actually happened during the ritual that just drained them. Um, hmm. It's just a very interesting little event. Um, that I'd be, I'd be curious of. to know how they died. I would too. Um, I need to do more research. Uh, I didn't look into it because mm-hmm. um, I, I felt like that would have been I've had to dig into like really specific details and I don't know, I'll see if I can dig it up though it's possible I mean you can put enough of your energy into a single intent to, enough to kill yourself I mean it's same as like Edgar Casey overusing his abilities you know they kind of ended up mm-hmm. stroking out you know yeah. yeah I can see I can definitely see that maybe if you like were to sacrifice your own life force into a spell, that would definitely superpower a spell for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, just on like occult stuff in general, Gardner and Crowley were associated, um, as well. And from what I could get, I don't know like the nature of their relationship, but the, you know they they knew each other. Um, Gardner used a lot of Crowley's magical works in his uh, Wiccan rituals, um, although Gardner wanted to focus more on the positive applications of that energy and that magic uh, rather than Crowley's crazy demon binding shit. Um, although Crowley did initiate him into the Ordo Templi Orientis. Um, and he did eventually want Gardner to take over and be the heir of his, his secret occult society. Um, but Gardner wanted to make witchcraft in general, just more public and accessible. And there was, he first appeared on air in a BBC program in 1958. Um, but his, his, but even before that, in 1949, he published, which is probably his most famous book that he's widely known for, is High Magic's Aid, which is a novel that incorporates a lot of Wiccan ritual and uh, rituals and practices. Um, it's just like a story. And actually, no, there's another book, but this was his first book that like really introduced Wicca into the public consciousness. Uh, and then his most famous book is Witchcraft Today which is who was published in 1954. And that's what people really know him for. What was the date Um, of the first one again? I'm sorry. The first book, uh, 1949. So it was still illegal at that time. Cause you said 1951. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was presented as fiction. I assume like, yeah. And he published it under a pseudonym as well. That's clever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So just, just during his fifties, so he went crazy with this stuff. Um, he also wrote the original Book of Shadows, that, and this was his development of spirituality, just notes of what he's been learning at the time, and just his development as a magical practitioner. Um, and like Wiccan societies have been using Gardner's Book of Shadows for their rituals ever since. Um, they transcribe it by hand with the intention of keeping it secret, though I'm sure there are leaked uh, copies of it somewhere. I mean, it's the internet, especially now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there were leaked copies beforehand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just like a living document that he kind of grew with his um, spiritual practices. And this 
practice of having a book of shadows is seen in basically every form of witchcraft now. Uh, it's a personal kind of diary, so to speak, of just spells and pieces of knowledge. Even beyond Wicca, this is a general thing that witches do. Um, and then he died of a heart attack in 1964. But um, I guess that's kind of the end of Gardner's story. He, you know, he's like the father of Wicca, and people. He had such an influence that people use Wicca and witchcraft interchangeably, where Wicca mm-hmm. is just kind of its own separate religion, but it's still like a witchcraft. But you can still be a witch without being a Wiccan, right? Um, yeah. Being a witch is like a very personal thing. Everyone practices differently. And that seems to be where we're about now. It's just like that's been that trend with Gardner and Crowley and all the others who transcribed all the ancient magical texts. Like now that's just being distributed and out of the state of things we're in now. As I see it. I have to say, I would love to see a TV show developed, like a a series of that era where all the overlapping spiritual traditions were competing kind of you know and because there's just Mm -hmm. so many you know that era from like the late 1800s to uh world war ii like and after that would be cool Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then into the sexual revolution uh which obviously must have i mean we know it played psychedelics played such a huge role in our interpretation of these entities and and other things like that that we've been dealing with for uh, the psychedelic revolution and the sexual revolution. Because then a lot of the Eastern concepts were like retaken up, like yoga and tantra and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, that would be really cool, I think. I don't know. Maybe if, maybe someone will hear this and they'll, they'll write a script. It'd be cool. Predict- yeah. We, uh, do we get paid? I mean, we need to. We need a to. little, a little. We're coming up with all these fucking we're not gr- awesome we're ideas. We're not greedy. We're not greedy people. We're really not. No. no. But pay us, motherfucker. That, that would Just be like awesome. as long as I don't have to work another day in my life. Like you know, that's all I'm asking for. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> just give me money for weed. I, I'm easy to please. I think, yeah. I think Tom Hardy in a fat suit could be like uh, Aleister Crowley. <laughs> Yeah, that could work. That could work. Be a good one. He's got the intensity. <clears throat> Indeed. Yeah. And he, he I've seen him bald in numerous roles, so it's perfect. Yeah. yeah it would be Gardner. Oh, no. Who? What, what did he look I, like? So, Google uh, a picture of him. He looks what, fucking what crazy. His, He's got like a, a beard like, um, sorry, yeah, Gerald. He, Gerald yeah. Gardner. He's got like the beard like pointing straight down and his hair is like all fucking crazy. And yeah, up yeah, he's everywhere. an interesting looking cat. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. He's freaking awesome looking. I knew right? it. And he would be like, oh. Aspirations, putting this on my style yeah. Pinterest. Vision, vision board. My <laughs> vision <laughs> board. It's going next again. The original I- Pinterest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, okay, so who would play this guy? Oh my god, I don't know. What actor does he look like? I feel like Steve Buscemi could play him. I could see that too. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, okay, you know. 
just some ideas. Float those out there into the universe. See if they you know, manifest some seeds. Yeah. yeah. See if that yeah. happens. Yeah. No, I think uh, that would be that would be really cool though. That'd be a cool era for a TV show, like a historical drama, like a Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. pour money into all kinds of shit. They can do it. I mean, Netflix. Netflix just raised the prices on us again. Are you shit? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's going up to like my plans. Like, like yours is for me, like mine's the. I have the 4K one. Uh, so I'm paying eight. Uh, starting next month, I'm paying eighteen ninety nine. I'm paying almost twenty bucks for Netflix. Gross. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I like Netflix, but they really need to step up their game. They've lost so much shit over the years. Oh no, it just needs yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like, oh, we use it to produce original content. I'm like, what original content are you making that's worth the eighteen dollars to me these days? Because most of the original content fucking sucks. It's hit or miss. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's missed most of the time there's, these days. There's some there's some gems for sure, but yeah. Like I know the production of Stranger Things doesn't cost doesn't cost near the amount of what like HBO original series costs. Well, that would be one of those yeah. shows that's definitely a gem. I think. I mean, I'm glad. No, I love Stranger Things. Sure. No disrespect. Yeah. No disrespect. I can't wait for the next season whenever it comes out. But like the production time takes, I'm just going to go on a little micro rant here. Uh, the production time takes like two fucking years for a new season. So I'm just yeah. sitting here just like, all right, you keep on raising my prices. What am I paying for like a sequel to that fucking dumbass show, Marco Polo? That fucking show was shit, dude. That fucking show is terrible. Like, Ozarks is okay, but, like, anytime a new Netflix series comes out, I'm just like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And I'm just like, this fucking sucks. Like, the only one I enjoyed, like, the last two years was the new season of Stranger Things and the Tiger King documentary. Those were the only two. Mm-hmm. My thing with Netflix is they remove stuff. Yeah. So the thing that I am super salty about them removing is the original uh, original Cosmos narrated by Carl Sagan. Yeah. Um, they just replaced it with a new one. No, yeah, I don't they think just, that, I don't think they no, have actually the new one they anymore. Didn't. They had the new one and Do then they? it was gone. They did they have the gone? new one and then it was gone. I I I'm pretty sure it's gone. Uh, what do you think of of him of DeGrasse Tyson? I don't you mind know, him. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he's on um, the level. On the level. He's a reptilian, David. A he's a shapeshifter. He's, a he's one of them goddamn shapeshifting reptilian motherfuckers trying to control the planet, David. Gonna make me some lizard skin boots out of him. No, I'm just um, kidding. But no, no, like uh, Tyson's cool. Tyson's Tyson. cool. Yeah, we talked about people for a second. And, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. All right. It's a great subject. Goddamn yeah. reptilians turning the frogs gay. Sorry, I have a character. I have characters in my head sometimes. I know that sounds weird. Uh, not on. crazy, I promise. And one of them is an Alex Jones ish type character that I've refined over the years. Yeah. You I, know, and, and every now and then I'll. Too. Yeah, I'll slip into him every now and then. Yeah. It's fun. Oh. Uh, and he's Bill Hicks. So he's it'd be Bill funny. Hicks. He's always Bill Hicks. <laughs> It'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. Uh, Yep. (laughs) 
That's just going. I'm just going to. I want to keep it going. Keep this going. <laughs> just yeah, keep it keep going. It alive. Is Bill Hicks. Staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> Anyways. Do we have anything more on the topic? How did we get on the? How did we even get I on the? I don't know. I don't know either. Like, I lost uh, it. Andy, I feel like both me and you are really gone tonight. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We're having a little. We're 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 struggle bussing with the the coherent thoughts. We're having. I think a weird it was. Down. The, yeah. I think it was the nudist colony. Oh, weird down. Guys yeah. The, yeah. The nudist colony because automatically oh, I went to. I I was just like, <laughs> you took it to another level. I always take it. I can't help myself. Yeah. I'm just. I just. Would you join a nudist colony? Who you asking? Do either. <sighs> I Maybe would one uh, day when I when I give less of a fuck. Right now, I don't think I would, but I'm I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm introverted like to it. The, I I just want you guys to know the only reason why I do this podcast clothed is just for your y'all, y'all's comfort, not yeah, for my you're, own. You're <laughs> you're a uh, exhibitionist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have I have another friend that is too and it's it's funny. It's just like, yeah, just shirt off, no problem, and I'm just like you know, yeah. I'm not like it doesn't bother me, but at the same time, like I, I just no, I'm too. I don't know. I'm too introverted. I guess it's been too much of a, a hermit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. not comfortable. Like, not really I, comfortable around people. So I think if I got older, I might be more open to it. But right now, I'm like, yeah, I would just get cold a lot of the times. So I'm just yeah. Like, that's my that's hoodie. my only complaint right there is the is like the cold. Yeah. I mean, if I was in a tropical place, without well, then like, that would make sense because then wearing clothes would just be disgusting. Yeah, or just like even just like subtropical, I could settle for a news colony in Florida, but I feel like uh, a person with bath salts would eat my dick off. If if oh, I was boy. somewhere where I knew everyone and we'd all already seen each other naked and it wasn't like no one gave a fuck kind of thing, that I could do it. I got you. But it'd have to be like a close knit, small amount of people kind of thing. Yeah, like, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm. Care. That's kind of where I'm at too. I, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> you, you if it, don't care. If it, if everybody's cool with me being naked, I'd be naked. I'm, I'm respectful <laughs> enough to be like, hey, do I have your consent for me to be naked? And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're all naked here. I'd be like, fucking all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this shit. So Huntley's gonna move on, uh, move out to a nudist colony. That's I mean, her. like my only complaint with the nudist colony is because no matter like, I I can talk to people all fucking day about just random nonsense, but I also have this problem where I get annoyed very easily, and like <laughs> it's the bane of my existence. I'm really good at like with people, but I hate them so much. Yep. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like when people just would want to talk about being in a nudist colony all the time, and it would just kill the fun for me. I'd be like, "We're naked. What? What we have to talk about? What? Like the, the whole their entire identity revolves around yeah. The their enti- it's like CrossFit and and, and wow. being a vegan. Yes, yes. Like they're it's just like- going to talk to you about. <laughs> did you know we live in a nudist colony? I'd be like, "Yeah, been here a week, motherfucker." It was like that sure. time I stayed with the hippie colony, uh, like a. Oh my- like the hippie commune 
And they literally just like that's all they talked about was just like being okay. All right, in the commune, Com- combine them. It's a hippie colony of nudist vegan CrossFitters. I would rather die than go there. Shit, I'd be fuck. I'd be super fucking like they're ripped as fuck. No way. Semi ripped. I mean, they're vegans. I guess they could. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they're not going to be doing. Yeah, Mm. yeah. I just vegans on human growth hormone. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Vegans on human growth hormone. They live by the sea and they hunt their their own crustaceans and crab yeah. and spears. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what what's going on now. I don't know. It's like a secret. This is like an un, uh, uncontacted tribe of like vegan bodybuilders. <laughs> vegan bodybuilders <laughs> on the commune, oh. fucking God. injecting and human growth hormone, and they're funded by exists. George Soros. <laughs> funded by Soros. Yeah. Well, that's out. That's this out in the universe now. Soros, obviously, that's out in the universe now. We can't get it back. Mm-mm. Go mm-hmm. fly free. Yeah. Mm. Gotta be careful with that shit. Putting that intent out there. <laughs> it's okay. The I mean, vegans I... deserve it. Shit. Especially with all of us together. <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Uh, I just need to clarify that I don't have anything against veganism. I just don't like most vegans because they're dicks. You're just scared of the wrath of the vegans. I know. I understand. I'm not scared of them. I just hate them. I'm not scared of them. I just hate them. That's 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 the line. Uh, They'll descend on you. If we're airing grievances, if we're if we're going to just air grievances right now, the atheists get on my nerves. Mm, I mean, no, no yeah, the atheism is, is yeah. annoying as evangelical Christianity. Yeah, it is. is. Yeah. yeah, that was like all my problems because, like, I'm pretty open about it, uh, open about my beliefs on social media. And they're just like, it's stupid. It's stupid. And I'm just like, I, one, you look like a fucking troglodyte. So why the fuck would I care about your opinion is? Uh, two, why we don't use that word enough yeah no we don't use it enough that's going that's going on the list hold on yeah phantasm and scatological andy's list of new words (laughs) yeah anyways go on like why the fuck and and it's always just like the most fucking troglodyte looking motherfucker that decides to fucking comment on it and like I remember, some, uh, one of them was just like, I, I was just like, why not witchcraft? And they were like, why not Warcraft? And I was like, why not both? And they were like, because witchcraft is fake. Witchcraft is not real. And I was just like, neither is Warcraft. You fuck. <laughs> so what the fuck are you getting at? But Warcraft is a commodity traded on the open market. It's real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but my problem is if, like, you were to give someone, like, a power of positive thinking book, right? Like that. And it was just presented in a different way through, like, hey, these are the psychological reasons, you know, the, you know, kind of thing. They would probably accept it with much less resistance, right? Mm-hmm. But it's describing the mm-hmm. same yeah. shit. It's manifestation. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's presented in the form of magic or mantras or prayer or or simply 
learning to control your mind. I mean, it kind of all comes down to a lot of that, right? Setting your intent. So I find it, I always find that humorous, you know, it's like, yeah, like they'll say witchcraft is not real. Magic's not real. But if you were to present them that, you know, in a different way, they'd totally be on it. Yeah. Yeah. They totally would be on it. Like that's self-help, you know? Yeah. Like the secret shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's just intent. Yeah. That's all it is. And nobody's getting burned at the goddamn stake or having fucking passive aggressive troglodytes fucking subtweeting them about it. I know yeah. that. And, and I don't, my view of magic, you know, I don't view it like a free lunch type situation. I don't think there is such a thing in the universe. Uh, you know, I think whatever your intent is, whatever your goal is, especially if your magic is more oriented into like material things, right? Yeah. It takes time to manifest. Things are slow here, right? So, if especially if it's material, right? If if it's something more energetic related, I guess, or something emotional or mental related, those things can probably change quicker with magic, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're much more fluid. Whereas things that are solid, it takes time, and it takes work, and it takes energy. You know, you have to put energy in in some way, mm-hmm. to, no matter what what it is, right? Yeah, um, I like. And, yeah, I like how we somehow managed to get back on track. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it always so, seems to happen. Let's let's end yeah. that on a high note before we go back. Yes, there you go. So, uh, yeah, if you like what you hear, uh, you can subscribe to us on your platform of choice. We're on all of them. Come to thehighkind dot com for show notes, bonus material. Uh, episodes that aren't released on regular platforms uh and we have one that will unlock uh this sunday talked about the uh, monolith and Mm -hmm. genetically altered apes and a a funny as hell alien abduction in my opinion (laughs) from a listener Mm. (laughs) yeah yes so yeah tune in and uh have a great night (laughs) 